The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. There's no crying in baseball! No crying! And this game's underway. Into the wind of it is first offering. Just a bit outside. Here's a drive in a deep left field by Castellanos. It will be a home run. Oh, my God. God. Deep to right field. Way up there. High, oh, high. And look who's coming up. You talk about a roll of the dice. This is it. Here's the payoff pitch. Welcome into Payoff Pitch, Action Network's MLB betting podcast. We are presented by BetMGM, 14-game slate on a Tuesday, April 4th. Payoff Pitch comes your way every Monday, Tuesday, and Friday during the baseball season. Three episodes a week. Yes, you heard that correctly. If you haven't heard already, three Payoff Pitch episodes per week. Please rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast if you're, uh, you know, college basketball is over, getting the getting antsy to bet some baseball. So please, rate, review, subscribe. Today, myself, Brendan Glasheen, Sean Zarillo. You can find Zarillo's write-up, opening pitch, available at actionnetwork.com, Action Network app, full breakdown uh, of games that he's targeting for today. And Anthony DeBundo joins the Tuesday show. Gents, uh, let's dive on in. Just go out there and try to have fun, you know. You know, having fun is the name of the game. You trying to make an ass of me? Get on that bag! Zarillo, I'm interested in... Well, I'm interested in all your bets. That's not to say I'm not interested in other bets, but I'm interested because uh, you've got the Red Sox Pirates. You were on the over yesterday, but you're targeting, targeting an under in a Red Sox game on Tuesday. Yeah, all the Red Sox totals have flown over thus far, and they seem like a clear over team, really good offense. Pitching a little sketchy, but for Tuesday's matchup, the wind is blowing in quite heavily at Fenway Park. It actually triggered an Action Lab system that we have for wind and weather, which dating back to 2002, when we have data going back to more than 1,700 bets across that criteria, it's generated roughly an 8% ROI, and a consistent $100 better would be up more than $15,000 betting this wind system. Now, I'm not a system better. I'm betting based off of my projections and how the wind and weather influences my model and my adjustments. I put this total at around 8.4. I bet an under nine and a half last night and a first five under five and a half. Those have obviously come down to four and a half and nine respectively. Would not bet the first five under four and a half at this point. It's roughly where I have it projected, but the under nine for the full game, you could bet up to minus 114. As I said, I projected the total 
at 8.4, you do get the push probability on the key number of nine. So would not bet it below nine, like it to nine at minus 114 with rejection of 8.4. I think both starters relative to their expected metrics last year, I project them to each shave about a quarter of a run off of those metrics this year. So slight improvements for both Ronzi Contreras, Nick Pavetta, but I like the under in Boston today after four straight overs have cashed easily. Red Sox starting pitching has not been uh, off to a good start this year. So we'll see if Nick Pavetta can can figure that out for them. Bullpen was better yesterday. It was a lower scoring game in the back half. A lot of runs scored in the first five yesterday. So a first five over would have cashed for sure. And the full game over cashed early in the game uh, last night at Fenway. DeBundo, what are you targeting for a best bet on this Tuesday slate? I'm going to go with the Chicago Cubs. First five innings, minus 130. I think this is a huge starting pitcher mismatch with Hayden Wesneski, a pitcher that has received a lot of helium across the baseball community for spring training after he dominated. Uh, he was somebody I targeted in my 10 pitchers to bet on column uh, in the lead up to opening day. And he pitched to a 2.12 ERA, 22 strikeouts in 17 innings. And he was not really a strikeout guy. Uh, last season uh, and projects as much as much as one in the minor leagues, either uh, pretty much below one strikeout per inning, but he throws a bunch of different, he throws two different sliders, one of which is more of like a sweeper. uh, And he really developed that pitch a lot in the second half of last season and was very difficult to hit in his time up. Now the projection systems don't love him, but if you look at some of the underlying stuff like stuff plus from, Eno's Saris's model, uh, he's sitting at one Oh four based on last year's data. And some of the early data from this year has him up closer to 110, 114. So a huge jump for him with the different sliders. He's also able to throw the sweeper for a strike, which is uh, really impressive given how hard of a pitch that seems to have been the command for much of the league. Uh, so he's a much better pitcher than Luis Sessa, who is, uh, you know, a high to uh, mid to high four level uh, ERA pitcher. I have the better offense. Uh, and so I'm going to take the first five on the Cubbies at minus 130. Cirillo, I didn't know. I didn't see a, a, a discussion on this game in your article. Any thoughts here on this pick by Anthony? No, I like Hayden too. I, I just made this line minus 131 for the first five and minus 118 for the full game. So it kind of aligned with my expectations. I'll have the total at nine. Just no bet on Reds and Cubs for me. Uh, I bet the overs yesterday, I believe, because of the weather, but I believe it's the wind is flipped today. Very good. Let's move on to find out if we are going to fade the public. The public likes you. That's the only reason that this might fly. How are we going to handle the public? If you look at the Action Network app, strongly encourage you to subscribe to a pro account. You can uh, get edges. And one of the things that we point out is uh, where the money comes in, bet percentage, uh, money percentage coming in. And one of the big, big sides today on the money line, the Tampa Bay Rays are getting 86% of the bets, 91% of the dollars as we come to you on Tuesday morning to take down the Washington Nationals who are home. Nats are one and three on the season. The Tampa Bay Rays are undefeated. 4-0 start for the Rays. Classic Rays. They're just always in the mix, but uh, very early as we know. Uh, Zarillo, are we going to fade the public and are the Rays going to lose their first game this year? Possibly. I'll bet the Nats, if it gets to plus 160, it refuses to go there. It hasn't crossed plus 155. It keeps bouncing around between plus 140 and plus 155. And it's not crossing crossing that threshold to get to plus 160. So I think the books know what they're doing. They're refusing to hang the number that they know the Sharps are going to hit if they go just a touch higher on the Nationals. So 
I had difficult get difficulty getting the race here past minus 150 on a projection. So plus 160 or better, I would fire on the underdog, but not anything I'm rushing to do. I, I'm obviously very low on the Nationals team, not only in terms of a whole season outlook, but also on a game-to-game basis, I haven't bet them yet. So typically early in the year, I know the underdog, so I'm going to be on a lot or basically not touching at all. And it seems like the Nats are a team we're not going to have to bet a lot, fortunately. Well, just wait until they play the Dodgers and the Padres. Yeah. Wait till we get to the, <laughs> the dog days of summer and then the numbers become super inflated. You know, that is where we're going to have to eventually buy back a little bit. But when the numbers start to get really out of control, I'm fine buying at a very small edge, you know, one and a half, two percent. I'm not jumping in, you know, not rushing into bet it. I bury the lead. Dodgers, Padres, also teams in their own division, right? The Braves, possibly the, the Mets, Phillies, yeah. um, teams that Absolutely. probably when they face those teams, they'll, they'll be an underdog in the three or four games or two games. They face each other to Bundo, The Rays are outscoring their opponents, Tigers and the Nats yesterday, 27 to five in their first four games. Are we willing to go to the other side? Uh, I am not either. Uh, I have also not bet the nationals this season. I think I actually had the Rays the last two days because I love, uh, I lay a little bit of juice on, on Springs and Rasmussen. I love, uh, the the middle of this Rays rotation with Eflin, Rasmussen, and Springs, the way they're able to change picks, pitch mixes and tweak guys and improve their stuff uh, year over year is a continue. It continues to impress. Uh, but Fleming is not that guy. I mean, Stuff Plus is like below ninety. He's pretty much just a command guy. Was not a prospect whatsoever. Uh, came from a very low in the in the in the system and kind of just like a plug and play filler uh, until Glass now is back. So, you know, you're paying the same price today that you were you did yesterday with Drew Rasmussen on the mound. Uh, and so I, I kind of think it's a little bit inflated personally on, on Tampa, but uh, I'm not betting Washington either. So this will be a pass. Uh, I'm more shocked that Zerillo has not yet bet the Nationals. That is the, the real surprise of the season. I'm very happy about it. <laughs> He's proud of himself. Just but as he as he as he teased, just you wait. I just, I just do not want oh, to. I'm sure it's you know, coming. It's... Yeah. I like to avoid it. Once we get to June, July, I know I'm going to have to bet these teams like the Nationals and the Royals at, you know, plus 300 numbers. And as you said, Brendan, like three, four game series against the top teams in their division. If they can win one of the three games and we bet them each game, we come out ahead. But not not a fun time when it gets to the middle of the summer and we're betting these plus 300s and basically just praying every day. Stay tuned. I'm already looking at their schedule. Memorial Day weekend. They go to the Dodgers. They Oof. go to Atlanta early June. They go to they go they go at Braves at Astros consecutive series in the month of June. What a start! And then middle of June they go to San Diego to Seattle. They have a trip at the end of June at San Diego for three at Seattle at Philadelphia. I love Ooh. to be down 10 units in June before we're two months away from even betting on June baseball games. I have a friend who covers the Nats, and I was like, well, at least you're going to see more of the country this year, is what I told him uh, <laughs> the other day. So quite funny. Baseball betting season is here, so get in on the action with the king of sportsbooks. Sign up with BetMGM using bonus code ACTION and get up to $1,000 paid back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Michigan, Mississippi, Nevada, New Jersey, New York, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Puerto Rico, Tennessee, Virginia, Washington, D.C., West Virginia, Wyoming, or Ontario only. 
only must be 21 or older to wager 19 or older in Ontario new customer offer all promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit free bets expire seven days from ensuance excludes Michigan disassociated persons please gamble responsibly gambling problem call 1-800 next step in Arizona 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado DC Kansas Louisiana Nevada Wyoming or Virginia 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan 1-800-GAMBLER in Indiana, Maryland, New Jersey, or West Virginia. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York. Call or text Tennessee Redline at 800-889-9789 or call 1-888-777-9696 in Mississippi. In Ontario, if you have questions or concerns about your gambling or someone close to you, please contact Connects Ontario at 1-866-531-2600 to speak to an advisor free of charge. Sports betting is void in Georgia, Hawaii, and Utah, and other states where prohibited. Promotional offers not available in Nevada and New York. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Let's move on to underdogs of the day. Where's my dog? Uh huh. There's my dog. Where's my dog? There are some good starting pitchers on the mound today, including Sandy Alcantara, who is pitching for the Marlins. Uh, a favorite of Action Networks last year. Zarillo, there is an edge, though, you believe in the Twins who face the Cy Young Award winner today. Yeah, just from a pure projection standpoint, right, the Twins are better everywhere except for the starting pitching matchup. Better offense, better defense, base running, and a much better bullpen. And as we've talked about with other underdog matchups where you have the lesser starting pitcher already on this podcast this year, if the Twins can get the games to the bullpen and it's close, one-run deficit, tie game, they have a huge advantage. So if you have that plus money ticket on the Twins, by the time this game turns over to the bullpens, we're partying. The problem is Sandy typically goes seven innings, goes very deep into the games. It's tough to get him out of there. I have major concerns about Sandy Alcantara this season. My greatest skill as a human being on this earth is pattern recognition. Across all the jobs I've ever held, across everything I've ever done, pattern recognition. That is my number one skill that stands out to me as something I'm good at. My brain says something is wrong with Sandy Alcantara. When I start seeing these aces get hit, a little bit more struggle to get the strikeouts they used to. And then particularly the command Sandy in spring in major league spring, his strikeout walk numbers were fine. His WBC start and his first start of the 2023 season, he had more walks and strikeouts. And if you go through his game logs over the past few years, that happened twice. It happened on opening day of 2021 and it happened in a, or opening day 22. And it happened in a 2021 start at Coors field. Other than that, He's had phenomenal strikeout and walk numbers in pretty much every start. I believe he only had even strikeout and walk numbers twice. So to have more walks than strikeouts 
two starts in a row for him is a massive red flag. So you need to see how he looks today. If it happens again, I'm willing to say something is wrong. But just taking this game from a normal projection standpoint, right? Leaving Sandy where he should be and then trying to factor in where Kenta Maeda should be coming off of Tommy John surgery, that's also a difficult piece to this puzzle because we don't really know where Maeda is. He had bad numbers in spring. He was trending towards Cy Young level prior to the injury. He finished second in Cy Young voting there during the pandemic short in 2020 season. So the there's multiple projections out there on Maeda. They all have him around 4.1 in terms of the ERA number. That's a number four starter. I use something slightly more conservative because I'm a little bit sketched out by him. So even using a conservative projection for Maeda, an aggressive projection or, or normal projection for Alcantara, I still see value on the Twins. So I like the Twins here down to plus 123. I also like... I could get to this later, but we're just going to say it now. The first five over three and a half, I projected the total at 3.9. The first five over three and a half, you could bet to minus 115. Sketch out by both starters. I think there's early scoring. And I'm very worried about Sandy for this year, not only in terms of just his long-term health, career health, but our Marlins win total over. We have other things that correlate to the Marlins being competitive this year. So Sandy injury would certainly throw a big wrench into that. Okay. Something to keep in mind with the, uh, the Sandy starts going forward. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll touch on that too because we kind of workshopped that right before the show, the the F five over. Maeda, his his location plus in the in the spring training was eighty nine, which is not passable command for a, a starting pitcher at all. It's pretty terrible, uh, and he had a lot of problems with walks. Uh, some of the research does show that like command is the last thing to come back, even more so than velocity. So you know you have to get the command back and then you know go from there off of Tommy John. So I'm still worried about him. I'm like you said, Sean. You know we're we're both you know kind of lower now. I think in the market on Sandy and the walks could play a big issue here. So for a total of three and a half uh, in a park that's not very friendly to hitting normally, I'm going to take the over as well with Sean on the F5. If I if I could jump in quickly, I meant to ask Zarilla, what is your? So you said you have, of all the jobs you've had, what's the second best job you've ever done? Well, well, my my second best skill, uh, you know, I think my ability to like very calmly aggregate information and then use it to make decisions, decision-making based on like the information that I have available. So the way that I've built my model, the way that I'm able to like take in tons of bits of information, filter out the noise, that all comes from law school, taking up like just too much information and overloading your brain and then figuring out, sifting the the signal from the noise and figuring out, you know, what is important and what's not. So that that all sort of goes into the, the pattern recognition too, right? Because over time I'm able to identify what is important and what's not. But yeah, I think it's important as a, as a human being to identify what you're good at and what you're not and see if you can apply those skills to, to different jobs that you hold or different hobbies or interests that you have. Get a lot of this guy. <laughs> I thought you were going to say something like walking your dog or filtering out. Oh, specifically. Uh, you know, filtering out your dog's noises I, when you do the podcast. And I cleaned and repaired pools for an entire summer when I was when I was in college. That was the weirdest job I've ever had. But you were good at it. You, you stayed... Uh, I dedicated to my craft. I'm, I'm good at every job I've ever done, bro. Now I can kind of see it. You cleaning out pools while betting the Nationals. Yeah, and... a pool boy. It's a pool boy <laughs> for something. Okay, sorry, Debundo. I meant to ask that before uh, you jumped in. But go ahead. Your favorite underdog for today. I couldn't help myself. Yeah, my favorite job was a bartender in college. And uh, that being said, my favorite bet... 
I bartended in the city of Philadelphia, oh, and I am betting the Philadelphia Phillies uh, at plus 132. They got to win eventually, right? Uh, I'm just going to start martingaling. I'm, I'm, we're entering a state of panic uh, very slowly. Not actually. I'm, I'm pretty much you know the same on the Phillies as I was uh, a few days ago, except now that they have four losses. It's certainly not an ideal start. But really, this comes down to Matt Strom versus Domingo Herman. Herman is a pitcher that I'm consistently lower than the market on. Matt Strom... I'm not sure what we're going to get from him in terms of uh, length. Uh, the, the expectation is about 65 to 75 pitches. He yeah. did pitch in relief on Saturday. So they're, they're putting him in a position to throw about four to five innings, turn it over to the bullpen. The bullpen has been really bad, but the Phillies bullpen, I think is going to be highly volatile all season long. You're going to see stretches where they look like the best bullpen in baseball because the stuff is so good. And then you're going to see stretches where they look like they have in the first four games where they can't get anybody out and they're giving up a bunch of homers because the command, the locations are not very good on the bullpen. So uh, the Phillies bullpen, I think will be a, a quite the roller coaster this season. That being said, Strom, the reason I like him, you might think, Oh, lefty against a, a righty heavy lineup. Uh, the Yankees projected to only have potentially one lefty in the entire lineup today. Well, I'm not that worried about that for the lefty Strom because he's a reverse splits guy. He's been much better against righties than he has been against lefties. And that's the main reason that the Phillies went after him. Uh, and so I think that that, you know, projects more favorably for the Phils, uh in, in this matchup. Career OPS is, is about 40, 50 points lower against right-handed batters than it is against left-handed batters. And the slug uh, and, and strikeout to walk numbers are much more impressive against the righties. Strom was picked up in the offseason uh, by the Philadelphia Phillies, as Debundo said, was used out of the pen early. And Zarillo, we'll jump in now to your final bets for Tuesday. Despite, and Debundo brought this up, he's had some home run issues uh, in his career previously. And he's at Yankee Stadium tonight. But you'd still, you, you'd lean under in this game. Yeah, another game where the wind is blowing in. Didn't trigger the bet lab system for wind and weather, but I projected this total at eight based off of a slight weather adjustment. So you can bet the under eight and a half to minus 110. The Vermont, another guy with an even worse home run issue, 1.6 home runs per nine for his career. Um, so both guys definitely have a slight uh, tendency to give up home runs higher than league average for their careers. But as Anthony mentioned, the split for Schramm, I think is going to be important against this Yankees lineup. And just the wind and the weather gets me total closer to eight on the total. So under eight and a half to minus 110, no bet on the side for me, but I agree with the Phillies lane. Okay, final bets for Tuesday. It's a 14 gamer. We're not touching on every game. Zarillo's got a couple more, then we'll go to Debundo. And I have a one more for the road. Yeah, my best of the rest. So we have some interesting options on the slate today. We're going to start with a couple money lines. The Phillies first five to minus 130, lefty on lefty matchup. We will talk about the Cardinals and their splits against lefties for the entire season, but they were the number one team against lefties by a large margin last year, 131 WRC plus. I believe they were like 12% better than the next closest offense against left-handed pitching. I mean, Paul Goldschmidt, Nolan Arenado, two of the best lefty killers during their era of baseball. This Cardinals lineup is as deep as any in baseball, maybe deeper than any in baseball. And as we talked about before the podcast, if you were able to play a lineup that's 11 or 12 deep, or if you had to play a lineup that's 11 or 12 deep, the Cardinals would have an even bigger advantage over everybody else because they can platoon people. They have bats on the bench that should be starters. So Cardinals are super deep. I like their first five up here to minus 135. Dodd making his debut for the Braves. I think he's a nice pitcher. Uh, Steven Match just has a higher floor. We know more of what he is. And the offensive splits, I think they're the big difference here. The Braves better against righties. The Cardinals much better against lefties. So I like the cards up to minus 135 on the first five line. Braves much better bullpen should even out after 
And then I'm going against my Mets. First time I bet against the Mets. Or it's not true. I bet against the Mets with the Marlins once, but I am going with the Brewers here at home against the Mets, who absolutely destroyed the Mets yesterday. The reason why I like this matchup is not really anything in particular, because I do give the Mets an advantage everywhere. Scherzer's slight starting pitching edge. Bullpen's about the same. Defense, offense, Mets, slight edge. But it's still a wild card caliber team at home facing a pitcher who is ace level, but I don't think uh, quite at the level where he was previously. Like Scherzer's ERA projections used to be in that 2.7, 2.65 range. Now he's at 2.9. So you are seeing this ever so slight performance dip towards, you know, a number two type starter as he gets to the later stages of his career. He's still an ace. Don't get me wrong. Still projects in that ace tier, but he's starting to trend towards that number two tier. So not high on Wade Miley. The Mets slash smashed uh, right-handed pitching last year, though, and they are getting a lefty today. So the splits kind of favor Milwaukee just a touch. Like them down to about plus 135, plus 130. Uh, currently sitting plus 140. So decent bet on the Brewers, but again, no just particular advantage aside from splits. And Bundo, what else you got? Your final bets for Tuesday. Yeah, I'm going to take a small flyer on the Colorado Rockies, plus 225. Herman uh, Marquez away from home. This is something that Sean mentioned last last week. Uh, he has much bigger than you'd expect splits away from home versus at home. A lot of it has to do with just his pitching. Uh, he, he throws a, a great curveball and, and a slider, and he gets a lot more break on both of those pitches when he's not at elevation. Uh, and so his stuff just plays up. Strikeout minus walk, considerably better. Uh, keeps more balls in the yard, of course. That's more pr- standard course projection. But really, just the peripherals that we look at, strikeout minus walk rate is is one of the most predictive metrics in baseball. And his is just better because his stuff plays. He gets more swings and misses. His zone contact rate at home last year, worst in baseball, on the road, more below average than terrible. Uh, so, you know, significantly more missed bats for Marquez away from home. So I like the Rockies small at plus 225. Not a huge bet for me. About half what I would normally bet on a, on a regular baseball side. Uh, but Arias is a guy that we're still not quite sure of. He looked shaky at the start on opening day against Arizona and then kind of settled into a nice groove after that. Uh, but yeah, the strikeouts were down for Arias as well. So a little worried about him as we go forward. And then this next bet is like the ultimate hold your nose because I know Sean just talked about how good the Cardinals lineup is. And I agree. Um, they're they're elite. They're going to dominate lefties. Dodd making his major league debut two days ago. The Braves had Jared Schuster make his major league debut. He gave up four runs in the first inning. Couldn't throw a strike. I like Dodd more than Schuster. Uh, the, the underlying metrics like him more. His his uh, prospect status is more clear, and his uh, command is better than Schuster's, uh, at least so far through, through spring training and, and based on minor league data. So. I'm going to bet the under 10. Now, this was nine earlier this morning. And a, a popular, it was eight and a half last night. It was eight and a half last night. It was nine this morning. A popular better uh, who has a big following gave out the over at nine. Now, if you want to follow him, that's fine. But just know that when you know multiple thousand people follow an account and that account gives out the play and then everybody runs to their sports books to bet it, the books are, are juicing the total the opposite way uh, to the point where it becomes too overexposed on that over and then there's probably value coming back on the other side against some of those plays. And, and I'm going to do that exactly here at 10 uh, with the under on this game. You can find plus money out there. Uh, there's even some 10 and a halves popping 
Uh, this should not just this just shouldn't be that high, especially once we get to the bullpens. Yeah, and I was thinking, I was thinking, uh, Chris, the perspective that I don't like the lefty matchup for the Braves against the Cardinals. Early scoring, maybe I'll target a live under 11 and a half. As we get to the bullpens, I agree it should tighten. So I'm probably going to target a live under 11 and a half if I don't jump in pregame. But yeah, I I agree that it's gotten a little bit inflated. Um, I forgot to give out the Tigers. I don't know if we have time for one more game before we jump off, but I, I can't believe I forgot to give out the biggest dog if we give it out all year. Detroit Tigers plus 240. First half as well, uh, down to plus 230. You could bet the first five spread, I think, is my preferred play, uh, down to plus 130. Talk about the lefty splits with the Cardinals. The the Tigers were historically bad against righties last season. You go back 21 years worth of data, there's 630 offensive seasons across those 21 years, right? The Tigers against righties last year ranked 625th out of the 630 offensive seasons against right-handed pitching. They were 24% below league average. I project them basically in the same range against righties this year, about 25% below league average. But they were an average offense against left-handed pitching, 100 WRC+. plus. And guess what? I have them at 102 this year. So they're still going to maintain massive offensive splits, but they're so much better against lefties than they are against righties, this Tigers team. So Tigers down, to, I said, plus 220, full game money line. Uh, and first five spread down to plus 130. How I'd go about playing them. It's it's a big offensive splits advantage for them. On top of the fact that the Astros are also a better team against lefties and they're facing a righty today. So the Tigers getting the better of the splits offensively and on the pitching side. Like them as a big dog. They pulled it off last night. It's funny because I'd already bet it when the game went to extras, knowing which relievers had been used and were likely to be used. And then I'm sitting there going, please win Astros. Please win Astros. Because there's that <laughs> mental thing where you're like, ah, you don't want the Tigers to win. And then you've already bet them to win the next day. They're not going to win two in a row, right? But that's all irrelevant. We bet these on a game-to-game basis. It's just one of those things where I was like actively rooting for the Astros, even though I had no action of the game. Wow, so a fade of Framber Valdez. We're yep. fading Alcantara today. Yep, my guys, my guys, and I'm fading my Mets, Brendan. No, this is this is the most non-biased sports betting podcast you will find. That's not true. I'm on the Phillies. That's fuck you, Anthony. <laughs> <laughs> Valdez, Alcantara, Scherzer. I know. I, I noticed we didn't touch Cleveland and Oakland with Bieber on the mound. We'd be fading Bieber too. Or the the A's at home. I was leaning towards the Guardians actually in that matchup, if anything. I'm a little bit higher on Bieber this year. Anthony and I talked about it uh, on the side. I'm a little bit higher on Bieber this year than I was headed into last year. I know we talked about like the velocity, the sticky stuff, why I had decreased him as a pitcher, but he actually changed his pitch mix ever so slightly last year. And I think he found something that's going to work for him at this velocity level. So I don't ever think he's getting back to that Cy Young level, but I do think instead of trending towards a number three guy, he's actually a pretty safe number two guy now. So a little bit higher on Bieber than I was last year. Yeah, I mean, his, his strikeouts continue to be uh, missing. Uh, mm-hmm. Did not strike out many Mariners last week. I kind of, you know, rely on the defense, got out of some jams, pitched well ultimately. But yeah, I mean, I, I'm probably going to lose a lot of money fading Bieber again. I just, you know, we'll see how they price him. Well, I was just going to just gonna say we don't fade or hate on all aces, but DeBundo might want to fade Bieber. Uh, not tonight, but going forward. Mm-hmm. All right, gents. That'll put a wrap on this Tuesday edition of Payoff Pitch. Enjoy yourselves tonight, 14-game slate. As a reminder, we are here every Monday, Tuesday, and Friday. So the next you hear from us is on Friday. Don't forget you can follow Zerillo and DeBundo individually in the Action app. If, for example, when they talk about 
a total on a game and they want to get in on a total live, you might find them in the app. So check them out once the games start as well. They'll have all of their plays available to you. Also check out Zarello's article, opening pitch available, actionnetwork.com, Action Network app. For Sean Zarello, Anthony DeBundo, Brendan Glasheen, thanks to David behind the scenes, our audio producer today. We'll see you back here Friday morning. Thanks for listening to Payoff Pitch, Action Network's Major League Baseball betting podcast presented by BetMGM. Look at this crowd on its feet. What a tribute. No one wants to leave. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.